lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we are chatting the event of All Out Weekend, Second City Summit, whatever they call in the, sh- the WWE show in Wales, this entire giant just bursting at the seams weekend of pro wrestling that we are having over Labor Day weekend. We are talking about the show that one is most important to this show in particular, but also arguably the most fun show of any, the entire weekend. Uh, (laughs) And I'm not saying that like tongue in cheek or just because it's the queer show. Um, That is a legit belief that I have of mine. Yes, we're talking about Effie's Big Gay Brunch 5 from uh, Chicagoland, Hoffman Estates, uh, somewhere in the Chicago vicinity. And Chicago-ish. Exactly. Chicago-ish. I like that as well. Val Capone, don't kill me. Uh, joining me to talk about the show uh, is one uh, Patches Chance, the founder, uh, a co-founder rather, of Let Them Wrestle and a reporter with Real Sport 101 and, of course, friend of the show. Patches, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me back. No, of course. It's always, always fun to have you on, um, especially when we have a legit rad event to talk about. In, oh, yeah. In Big Gay Brunch 5. Good, happy, positive stuff to talk about, which is not always the case in wrestling. Yes. Even though Kid Bandit got straight up murdered. Yeah, uh, well, still positive. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the deaths in the show later on. <laughs> I mean, it's only fitting. You have a queer show. You have to talk about how the queer community just defies death, no matter who wants to wish it on them. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm truly resilient. (laughs) So, of course, this event in particular, a big line of demarcation when you look at like important numbers or important anniversaries and that sort of thing. It's only been like a little over two years or yeah, a little over two years at this point since the Big Gay Brunch started. But we are already at that first milestone number in number five here in Chicago. Um, obviously, the card was was out there, headlined by Effie versus Max the Impaler. Um, give me your your kind of ideas going into the, this fifth edition of the Big Gay Brunch. Like, what were you your feeling? Was there anything you were reflecting on from like the pr- the previous ones? So it's definitely interesting that you know it it is crazy that we've come this far already that we're up to the fifth gay brunch after everything we've had up to this point and I think it was mentioned on commentary that this is the first time they've repeated a location and so this also has a bit of familiarity because they've been at this place before they've been in Chicago-ish before and it it's I was excited just because it's brunch and because I love Max and I knew Effie versus Max was going to be great. There were so many other good matches on the card. So I figured that there's no way it can not be great because there's so much good talent on it. And coming out of it, I really love how this felt like a lot of names that are continuing to rise in wrestling that are part of the queer community got huge moments that hopefully will help their stock continue to skyrocket from here. No, same. I think one of the things that was, that always excites me anytime we have a big gay brunch or a pro wrestling vibe show or a full queer show or any of the LGBTQ led promotions that focus more 
keenly on the LGBTQ community itself, Pride Style in Vegas, another company that does this really well, um, is to see the new names that are coming in and the people as in, in as you do in indie wrestling, whenever you're in a certain region, the names from that region that can that are going to be on that show and can benefit from from that stage. And like you said, I think we had the most like first timers on this show of any big gay brunch outside of like the first one because it was the first one. You know, yes. we had a, an entire yeah, scramble was, full of debuts. There were several uh, big gay brunch debuts mentioned throughout the show and names that you know people that. I've known of and maybe follow on Twitter and I've seen clips of, but haven't gotten to see on a larger stage and definitely haven't gotten to see on a stage like this and like Big Gay Brunch and getting to see them not only get the opportunity, but crush it just across the board. Yes. Everybody met the moment yeah. on, on this show from that. And not to mention, we got a, some more international flavor on this show as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get we'll get to Jayla J though, at some oh, yeah. point because my God, Samoan diva. That's indeed. that's that's definitely one I'm talking about here. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into the show. Um, obviously we open with with J Rose and Poyo Del Mar. Always a good little tandem together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and great then, hosts as always. Oh, of course. And then our first contest, uh, which if you're gonna lead off this show. I think this is the one you had to leave lead off with, honestly. Uh, Black Sexcellence Devon Monroe taking on uh, uh, what I believe Jay Vidal has a new nickname now, the uh, Notorious Bad Bitch. Uh, <laughs> I I hope I got Both. that right. Jay, don't kill me. All very uh, fitting nicknames. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about, and especially it, something that I think fans can overlook even though they feel it in the moment is you also have to think about where the show falls in the day and in relation to other shows in the day especially when it's having to take place during a weekend like this and so gay brunch being the brunch show the morning show you got to wake everyone up you got to get everybody going you know everybody's probably had a long weekend already and we're trying to get fired up and trying to get excited for this show and i don't know if there's any better way to get everybody fired up than this match a hundred percent i mean you always know the energy is going to be off the charts with these two and um to see the the way that their styles mesh together so well and then you take it up a notch with jay you know just continuing to improve as that very vocal sneering queer heel that he has become over the last year to two um it just all works so well together playing off of devon's like incredible babyface energy as well you know both of these uh, two just mixing it up really well. Some really good high flying spots. Probably the best looking taste the rainbow that I have seen uh, ever. Honestly, just uh, just spiked him. Just, that I look Devon. I Devon is a very very happy person coming to the ring and and loves to celebrate himself and like and like feel himself a whole lot. But that dude has fucking grit for days whenever it wants to get pumped into the veins. I, I am still shocked of Devon kicking out of the power bottom bomb. Yes. The the reaction, the crowd lost it. Jay lost it. <laughs> what yes. are you talking about? That was our plan. <laughs> A huge fucking moment. Like I popped out of my seat. I was just like, 
fuck? Yeah. Okay. It was like it's like that moment where it just breathes that second li- that second breath into into a match. You know, not that it, the first one was gone, but it just pumps you back up from the beginning. There's something about a false finish like that that I mean, you're already hyped up and you feel like, okay, we're winding down. This is gonna wrap it, and it goes, nope, nope, we're just getting started. <laughs> God, it was so good. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. This this match just set us up for for success going forward. Devon getting the win with said taste the rainbow. Um, and and just say it speaking his shit afterwards, too. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I don't great know, stuff. Yeah, a great way to start the show. A hundred percent. I Devon is a we already know Devon and Jay are fixtures of the big gay brunch brand. Um, and they just continue to solidify that. 100 percent now that brings us to it is surreal and jordan blade um i'm not gonna lie i took notes during the show i did not write down the actual name of the rule style of this match so so i'll thank uh shout out the wrestling ink recap for the name because that's the only reason i know it it's the admiral lord mountavin's rules match okay Okay. Whatever that is. <laughs> I mean, clearly Edie knows about it. Edie. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly they knew exactly what it was. Um, it's it, it's a silly name. And I mean, it coming in, the, that's kind of how your thought is. Oh, this is weird rules. What are we doing? But once they got rolling, it was really interesting because, and this is something that we'll talk about as we get further along. One of the things that makes this show shine, and I think has made others in the past shine as well, but really this one is that not only are all these good matches they're all so different such very different stories and very different matches and getting edith and jordan in this rounds style situation where both of them are having to kind of shift their offenses in little ways and showing that they can go however they need to a hundred percent and i feel like this match style in particular really uh catered to their strengths really because mm-hmm. i mean we know jordan uh, has the the bjj background and you know is a very like very much a, a tactician on the ring submissions you know held that that uh middleweight title in uh ppw for the better part of a year uh based off in the uwfi rule style there uh and then of course edith I, I say this every time that we talk about Edith on this show, but like every match, she breaks something out that I haven't seen in one of her matches before that just like takes me back. It's like, there's just, where are the limits to there what are Edith none. can do? Clearly, <laughs> clearly not a single one in sight because yeah, it, it was just great. And we got some really fun stuff with uh, Speedball Mike Bailey being there and Yoya and Janae Kai playing the corner men and the corner people for both Edith and Jordan and some, you know, heated moments a little later on in the match when uh, during one of those interim moments where they're supposed to break and give themselves a breather, Jordan had to get one little kick in <laughs> and, and everyone got mad. Um, speedball got mad, not a common thing. <laughs> Yes, very uncommon, and it's honestly, it's, it's already led to them wanting to fight each other on, yeah. online. So and and fantastic, we all win. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh no, we get to watch Speedball and and Jordan Blade. Oops. Oh no, whatever will we do? <laughs> no, but like I feel like a lot about 
the structure of this match as well really catered to how it came across to the audience too because you know round style it can be difficult to 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 really kind of tell a story in that but you all it's also very very apt for that and i feel yeah. like a lot of the highs and lows of this match in particular um really were enhanced by having that round system like obviously it's a two out of three falls match six rounds of three minutes um, you know, once a fall happens, a round ends, you just go to the next one. And, you know, we had all the, the, the trappings here and there, more of a more grappling ground-based uh, style match, even though, you know, it definitely devolved into just head dropping at, at points. Um, but you don't have, without the, the structure of this particular match and the way that it was, you don't have the crowd getting as engaged at the end when they you have the the double fall count um mm -hmm. to end to end things in a tie you don't get that one more round chant you don't get the uh granted the disappointment in in another double pinfall kind of leaving the match as a draw in the end but honestly it just sets it up for these two to come back and finally settle the, the score in a way that um would be even more fitting for them yeah it's you know Clearly in the moment, as a fan, you're a little disappointed. You want to see a solid finish. You want to see, you know, a clear winner. But it it really fits the story with Edith and Jordan, both carving very similar but also very unique paths in wrestling and kind of both continuing to rise over the last few years. And we get to see just how good and how evenly matched they are. And, you know, if you're going to have a match like this and you're going to have it go to a draw and like a double draw, basically, because it was a draw and then it wasn't, um, and then it was, and all that, this was the right place to put it on the card. Yeah. It, coming off the hype of the opener and we're kind of, yeah, we're a little darn, I would have hoped to see one of them win, but at the same time, we got plenty more fun stuff to get to and now we've got, you know, Edith and Jordan again down the line. We've got, you know, Jordan and Speedball. We've got all these great things and things that can weave out of this. A hundred percent. And and honestly, the, the biggest takeaway, I think, is that even with the, the ending that might have left some people a little like, you know, a little miffed in the moment and they quickly moved on, you still elevate two people that are. One is already synonymous with the Big Game Brunch. I mean, Edie's been on every single one of them yeah. um, so far. And then you have Jordan coming back one year after a absolutely star-making performance against Pero last year in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And getting another chance to show what she could do in a different style, in a different environment um, with this match. It's, I mean, it, it makes me think that like Jordan belongs on a Big Game Brunch show outside of Chicago at this point. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know if there's anywhere I wouldn't want to see Jordan versus Edith at this point. Oh, 100%. That, that I think however they decide to tell the story, whether it's, you know, we have to wait for another clash or we get to see them go again and again and again, I think this is a rivalry that we will hopefully see for many years to come. Yes, yes, for sure. And I know it's definitely going to play out in some other places um, just because, I mean, whenever you have the, the best business bureau running roughshod and pressing vibe, you know, it's, a hero's got to stand up. <laughs> it's, it's bound to cause some friction. 
Yes, 100%. <laughs> Speaking of friction, though, let's oh, talk yes. about this gauntlet. <laughs> this, the, the, the gayest ga- gaunt gauntlet. <laughs> yes, the gayest tag team gauntlet of, of all of all time it's just making up words that's what effie does hey you know what i'm here for expanding the dictionary the thing gets stuffy as fuck um but yes we have the tag team gauntlet five teams um win and continue lose and you're out traditional gauntlet match rules and all that good stuff um this is where we got that first taste of of debuts so to speak because literally the first people out of the curtain are two of the more important people to the Chicago area when it comes to LGBTQ pro wrestling. You have mm-hmm. Mateo Valentine and Joey Mayberry, collectively uh, G-A-Y, glamorous and yummy, um, coming and out. True and true. Yes, very true. Very true all around. Um, I want to get your feeling on seeing Mateo and, and Joey get get this spot finally. Obviously, last year in Chicago, they they weren't on the show. They've been were going out there and working more and more in the Chicago area, outside the Chicago area, to get themselves up to this position. Now, you know, we've had Mateo on the show and talk about some of the the frustrations and the struggles that with that with that come with that as you know the queer community continues to expand and purview. Um, what what are, were your thoughts whenever you you saw that they were going to be part of of this gauntlet? Oh, I was stoked. I was I was absolutely excited. Um, I've not seen a lot of Joey Mayberry. I've seen a little more of Matteo Valentine. Um, but this was definitely the most I've gotten to see of them really go. And it was just, it was so great because Matteo was completely on the whole time and just in the moment and great moments. You know, they didn't win the gauntlet, but you're not going to forget about them exactly exactly like they they knew they they met the moment so to speak um and probably my favorite moment was uh mateo screaming do it harder while being <laughs> leg choked and then getting back into the hold <laughs> to then neck flip out of it yes god so fucking good and and obviously bring that up we should talk about the first team that they faced calvin couture uh who definitely was the the subject of the reprimand from Matteo yeah. Valentine in that instance, and Tyler Klein, the runway. Um, really great back and forth with two tag teams that just ooze character. Um, they really do. And I I love the runway. Um, shout out to both Calvin and Tyler. Uh, the most I've seen of them has been watching Enjoy Wrestling. And, you know, I'm never sad when I see the runways on a card. And so it was great to see them, you know, get that moment in this and up against, you know, different opponents than I've normally seen them against, at least. Yeah, I mean, this what this match really reminded me of was the uh, the six person tag that they had at the I think it was the second Polyam Cole party where they teamed with Effie against mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the names of their opponents escape me. They're very, very known in, in the local Pittsburgh area, um, but. I don't know, like you, that chemistry and the character shown during that match, it really felt like it it was almost a similar but amped up version of it in this match um, because well, it, and you can you know I'm not necessarily an expert on the runway's career, but having seen them in the past over the last you know couple of years and then seeing them now, you can see the growth as a team and their chemistry together, but also their 
cohesiveness with a team identity. You know, they've always been the runway, but they've really kind of found all the little nuances and all the little things that they do and the little ways that they change their gear to make them stand out even more. Yes, 100%, 100%. All the way down to Tyler Klein getting his ass out again. Because of course, it can't be a runway match with a Tyler Klein getting his ass out. You can't, you can't have brunch without cake. I mean, you don't get to eat more ass chant without without cake either. Right. So, so uh, yeah, I think we all win. That's what that is. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of win, runway, get the victory here. Um, eliminate Gay, uh, and that brings in oh, another lo- great team. Yes, another great team. Uh, of course, you know, Miss Pollo Del Mar, a friend of the show, always manager takes, of champions, manager of champions, and always takes a chance to shout out uh, out sports and, and the QWI in this show. Um, no matter we what love the stage, I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, but she finally gets to bring her boys to the show money, power, respect. Marco Mayor and Fabuloso Fabricio. Oh. So good. I'm so I was so overjoyed to see them get this spot too. And then of course they delivered as well, going in, taking out the runway. Um, and just really I don't know. I love seeing Marco and, and Fab really get this this stage too, because like out here on the West Coast, you know, they're starting they definitely have been ramping up over the last year. The pairing with polio has done as the whole act together has done wonders for them. They're booked for Cascadia for a reason. Um, So like for big reasons, the big reasons are them. Exactly. They are big. They are amazing. They are big. They are fun and they know how to use all of it. Um, Yeah. And this is, it, it can be a challenge to have this many teams in a single match and it be gauntlet style and to balance the flow of that match so that everyone gets their stuff, but also the people who need to look powerful do. And, you know, whether that's Effie or that's more on the performers, that's behind the scenes, that's up to them. But whoever got this laid out like it did, it worked. It worked really well. And everyone really got to kind of have that moment because yeah, Money, Power, Respect looked amazing. Lot of dominance. And then it was time for a whole different kind of challenge for them. Yeah, it was. And it was a whole different kind of interaction, too, because NPR faced off against MSP. Yeah. <laughs> Aggro and Danger Kid. Um, I feel like, obviously, you always get that mix of, like, uh, fun and, 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 for lack of a better term, vibe, uh, along with intensity whenever you have an MSP in, in a match uh, like this, but you also, that also gave Marco and Fab the ability to kind of showcase a bit of, of their character too, because they have a ton of it as well. And so it was a fun like dance interaction at the beginning of this. And then we move into the more physicality of the match itself. You know, Marco just <laughs> in the sexy time splash. Um, oh, yeah. and Great stuff. Yeah. Just, and interesting great to see you know money power respect not only get the showcase here but they get to show themselves in two very different kind of interactions exactly because the runway and msp you know both i guess smaller tag teams in comparison to money power respect but very different styles in the ring 
and so having to you know tend with or contend with the runway and their style and then immediately shift to msp who are a very different beast in the ring and get to show them you know money power respect gets to show their skills against msp in a very different way yes 100 percent. like that, that's exactly where my mind was going to and and you get to show that flexibility of all that you can do and just elevates you even more yeah um, and i mean uh again a really great back and forth between them but unfortunately as Poyo said the way it ended was not part of the plan <laughs> <laughs> like any any good cartoon villain would <laughs> yeah um so yeah, you know, Money, Power, Respect absolutely had a great night, but it was not one where they were able to secure the final victory. Um, I believe Agra got the pin and eliminated them, and Poyo was not happy. That was not part of the plan, <laughs> but what was part of the plan was maybe, and this is a hard thing for me to pick, maybe the best entrances of the night. I mean, whenever there's, you're- There's one other that we'll get to in a little <laughs> bit that I think I'll give the edge, but- Maybe but. up there, Eddie and Dylan, Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Eddie McQueen, there's there's hardly anyone in the pro wrestling world that knows how to make an entrance yeah. like Eddie McQueen does. It's it's almost unfair to compare. And also, shockingly, this is the first big gay brunch for Eddie McQueen. Yeah. Um, like I, I said it, I said it on Twitter at some point, but I was just like, she uh, uh, Eddie fucking deserves this stage. He oh, absolutely, ha- yeah. He has done so much for this community and the advancement and, of of it within yeah, the Eddie's, world. Go you for know, it. the the stars haven't aligned up till this point, and you know we can't change that. But now it was time. It was time, and Eddie finally, you know, Eddie's been killing it for you know some time now, and really was more than ready. And as soon as the lights, you know, as soon as it was lights, curtain action, just get out of her way. Exactly. And also, I love this uniting of the McQueens. I love, yes. like, it's, you've seen this story play out a bit online, like Dylan and Eddie just going back and forth about, like, having the same, to have, having the same surname and who's the true, like, queen and all this other stuff. And then finally, there's, like, we don't need to fight each other. We could just. Just fuck it. We're the McQueens. Queer, look, queer people know about Chosen Family, right? Mm-hmm. This was Chosen Family to a T. Dylan McQueen and Eddie McQueen stepping into the ring against MSP, coming out victorious with a nice little combo eat defeat into um, McQueen's kind of trap arm DDT that, that he does. Um, Dylan McQueen, should I say. Um, <laughs> that's That's the trick. That's the yeah. trick with, with a team like that. But yeah, like I... And let's take, we also have to take a moment to talk about Dylan. I know it's been a couple of months since Pride versus Vibe, or Pride, Pride versus Vibe, uh, Pride and Vibe weekend, whenever we saw Dylan make his surprise return after that harrowing um, health issue that he dealt with, mm-hmm. where he left it where he could barely walk, um, didn't know if he was going to be able to wrestle again. Yeah, um, it's, it's really been amazing to see yeah. Dylan make this comeback. So starting there and then, um, you know, making appearances with Enjoy Wrestling, and now having this moment, Dylan's just an inspiration. A hundred percent. Not to mention all that he's been doing down uh, during Uncharted Territory, uh, whenever they were running it out of uh, TWE in Chattanooga. Like, just, a, a, I don't know if you could 
rise your stock higher than he did during that 13 week run as part yeah. of last laugh during the, during that those weeks there but yeah the mcqueens come out on top eddie deservingly wins in his uh big big a brooks debut and uh yeah I mean, they walk out kind of arm in arm uh so it looks like the mcqueens are united for a while here for now at forward. least yeah well and yeah for now <laughs> for, for now and also you know if this is a partnership that continues to stay together you know i hope we see a lot more of this because i would love to see you know Eddie and Dylan versus Bussy and Eddie mm. and Dylan versus everyone. And... <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, you know, Pro Wrestling 5 does, has been talking about a tag team championship, so who knows? Mm. Mm. Well, the McQueens win the gantlet, the first gantlet. I hope it's not the last gantlet. Um, I, I'm just going to keep saying gantlet because it just makes, makes my mouth feel good. It's just silly and we like it. <laughs> Exactly. What's not silly though nope. is the, the no next match. <laughs> no silliness here. Just it's it's oh. time to fight. Oh my god. Sandra um, Moon and Ashton so, Star. So right out of the gate, Sandra Moon with the uh industry baby entrance, the little Nas X entrance, just fucking fantastic. Um getting everyone hyped, and then Ashton got a little attitude, doesn't he? Ashton's always had that attitude, yo. Oh, but it's shining. And oh, it's very. Ash, Ashton's ready to use it at any turn. Very, very, very. Um, I, I, no, I, in my deepest uh, of hearts, I love Ashton as a baby face. Like Ashton, uh, like has yeah. a lot of baby face energy for sure. But my God, is Ashton just built, just built, built for the kind of performance that he had in this match? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, and. Sandra Moon, a fantastic baby face to play off of that here. Um, yeah, th this was a great one. It definitely kind of grew as it went on, the kind of them both feeling out the interactions and kind of what kind of match it was going to be. And it just got more and more violent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, Sandra is another one of those people that has that switch that she can flick that just turns to you know, from the, the very like bubbly person that you see during the entrance and early match into a just screaming brutality menace um, that yeah. as matches go along. Ashton in this match had just superb heel work here, you know, from everything from faking the ankle injury that got me. I thought that he might have when he took off the boot, I thought that he actually had an ankle injury. Um, so you got me, Ashton. Um, and, and, um, just all the different little tricks here and there, um, that, that were utilized to kind of stay on top of Sandra during the match. Um, I don't know, like this match was just hard hitting back and forth. I, it probably delivered the one, one, the first, yeah, probably the first or second, uh, moment of the, of the night where I was just like, oh, I fuck, I fucking hope that person's okay. Whenever Sandra went for the moon's landing and just, you know, Ashton just got dropped right on his shoulder and neck. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, a lot of great stuff and a lot of just, just very physical match, very physical and very hard hitting, as you mentioned. Um, and again, you know, as I mentioned earlier, just kind of this shift of styles continues throughout the show. And we can see very different matches and very different kinds of stories being told. A hundred percent. Ashton just 
ends up getting the uh, the victory, not with the uh, the scissor me timbers, but with a a, a, a move uh, basically a almost like a, a version of feast your eyes in a way, like dropping them over and then hitting that big roundhouse buzzsaw. Okay. Yeah. Into yeah. it, this big, just looks sick. Big, scary, violent kick, and then Ashton won. That's what happened. Basically, yes. So Ashton gets the victory. Also, uh, Ashton going back to uh, the the uh, hair sands the extensions for this match as well. A, mm-hmm. a very a rare sighting of of uh, natural hair Ashton Star here, which was I the look was great, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and the reveal was even better. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, I really hope that Ashley continues to run with with the Beyonce. I love how much Beyonce is in this new Beyonce album has influenced wrestling. You have Angelo Carter yes. doing his his stuff. Uh, actually, I think wrestling as we're recording has wrestling for Pro Wrestling Grind right now, and um, you know Ashton uh, taking on the moniker of America has a problem and it's Ashton Star. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good shit. It's really good shit. <laughs> Yes, and I will take this moment to shamelessly plug both of these people are in uh, main events at Cascadia, which was a very fun tickle thing for me because like our two title matches on that show, Sandra Moon's defending the Pride Style belt against Max the Impaler and Ashton Starr is challenging for the WAC Championship. So it's literally just two people from our like two, uh, like just a little a little uh, Cascadia preview little bit little bit i don't i'm i promise i'm not going to shield for my own show throughout this this review i promise well, it's just but, it's just it's just coming up in conversation exactly and Sunday, uh, september 11th anyway yeah so as you talked about you know the reveal with ashton we're now going to get to a match that had maybe the reveal of the night All right, Jens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring.
the staple of any good GCW show of any good weekend of wrestling, you got to have a scramble. And boy, was this a scramble. Yes, it was. As we said at the very beginning, this was a scramble full of debuts. Yes. Um, literally everyone in this match, this was their first time on, on a big gay brunch show. Um, we had DeShade versus pro champion fighting out of Las Vegas. Uh, former former Prince X of Pride champion as well. Uh, we had Uncle Chase Burnett, who my God, I am I am so happy that he was on this show. Complete surprise whenever I saw him come through the curtain. But holy shit, a dude that has yeah, been great doing stuff. it for as long as he has and has been holding it down for for the queer community as long as he has. And another a person that I feel bad that it was not I was not on my radar. Um, to the extent that it was whenever I did the QWI last year, because uh, Uncle Chase Burnett would have definitely been on it, if yeah. if not. But yeah, it's, it's you know I think we've talked about this before. It's a good problem to have. Yes, that there's so much amazing queer talent that even those who are trying to be plugged in have trouble keeping up with it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and of course, the Samoan diva Jayla J. Of course, um, <laughs> with the maybe the entrance of the night. The, this, I the, honestly, I, the yeah, reveal I, I this is where you were the, going. just good, good Lord. She's so good. Yes. Like I know she's only stateside for a little while longer. You know, she came over for a little bit of a, I think a two month kind of residency over here. And she's been popping up on West coast shows um, with our shows with West, with West coast promotions rather. And uh, understandably probably yeah. easier to travel to. Exactly. I mean, based. I think they've been based out of California for uh, for the majority of the of this tr- this trip stateside yeah. right now. But amazing to see them back on on this kind of stage uh, around this community as well. Because you know, at the very beginnings of this kind of evolution and, and rise of queer pro wrestling, Jayla J was there. You know, I'm. You know, we don't talk about the name of the company, but Jayla Jayla J was yeah. there. And you know she, they've also been heavily featured in vignettes at Paris's bumping or the the past uh, two years. I don't think we have one this mm-hmm. year, but the first two years, Jayla J was there. We've um, got little glimpses of what Jayla's capable of. Exactly. And and you know the well before we get to kind of the match itself, you know all the other great names in this: Moondog Murray and Aaron Rourke and Armani Kaios. Um, it's just such a great field. And it started off chaotic and fun, and then it was Jayla time. <laughs> I I cannot tell you how excited I was to hear Val Capone just freak out over the Samoan Dyke. Yes, um, <laughs> the Samoan Dyke, but also Jayla with the double Samoan drop. Yes, that everyone was losing their shit over. It, it was so good. Um, and then yeah, it was. Once once Jayla was on the gas, there was no letting up, and God help you if you're in their way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, I feel like obviously everybody got a chance to shine. That's what scrambles do for sure. You know, um, and, and sorry, and go it ahead. Was, it was formatted in a way well that you know, once it got to Jayla's big moments, then it was kind of able to naturally flow towards the finish. But everyone did get their own kind of little moment to shine and their own big highlight early on in the match and as it was going on. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, Aaron Rourke. 
anytime that I see him on my screen, like the way that he presents himself, like from the way his gear he's, looks to his he's makeup, got so much presence. Yes, just so striking. Like you, you know exactly who you're and, looking at every and time. Like commanding, commanding your attention. Yes, yes. Someone who deserves much more of a, of a spotlight than you know. I know he's mostly in the New England area, as is Armani Chaos. They're both they're both regulars with Chaotic up in Massachusetts. Yeah, and. Uh, I have to say, Armani Chaos, uh, second best rear view, I think, behind Naomi at this point. Or which is, yeah, which my is God. Uh, a wonderful name to be compared to. Yes, a hundred percent. And then Moondog Murray. I want to talk just a tiny bit about Moondog Murray because this is another person in from the Chicago scene who is very young in his career. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only a couple years in at this point, and. I this was probably the like most surprising debut for me because I was not expecting it at all. You know, yeah. I, I didn't, you know, whenever they announced the scramble, I was like trying to run through my brain, like, well, who I know that like they announced Jayla. Jayla hasn't been announced for a match yet, so they're probably in it. Shade's probably in this because they announced Shade and they announced Aaron Rourke. But but then you had the surprise of Chase, you had the surprise of, of Armani, and then Moondog. Moondog is someone who you know has been very vocal about you know their young start into pro wrestling and you know the some of the the struggles that they have had in in that area and just really kind of like finding themselves uh, and mm-hmm. and and learning how to like really embody how they want to represent the community and represent himself in the ring in that way hence why like he's kind of fallen on the the rainbow uh handkerchief or the rainbow bandana mm-hmm. to do that but really the main thing i've seen with moondog over the course of the last year is just a rise in confidence um mm-hmm. and i feel like him having this moment here it makes me want to see him get that that the bit of a trampoline jump out into like larger scale places in chicago large like some some larger like branch out a little bit as well into the Midwest too, because like Moondog showed that like he has a presence. The fans were behind him so hard oh, yeah. during this match too. My God. Yeah. Um, really great showing for him. And uh, yeah, once it started to kind of wind down, it became clear there was going to be no stopping Jayla J and no one did. No. No one did no. at all. Um, I, I believe it was Burnett who ended up being the last one to die. Yep. Um, <laughs> With that tilt-a-whirl uh, slam. Yeah. And yeah, huge win for Jay LeJay. Um, and really, you know, as we said, just a fantastic moment to get that spotlight. Not that, you know, this is Jayla's. And I think it's, it goes back to kind of the concept of like, rookie of the year because it can become a misnomer but it's more like breakout you know mm-hmm. Jayla's far from a rookie Jayla knows what what they're doing but this was a big breakout match and moment I think to make sure that other people understand you need to stand up and pay attention exactly Jayla got to reintroduce themselves to America again yeah with this with this and honestly I want to see Jayla in more places now <laughs> even more so than I did before absolutely um, um, well, and, you know, as I said, you know, uh, Barnett was the last one to die. And uh, now it's time for a different death. I was about to say, you want to see a dead body? 
<laughs> several times god damn it guys look i say that lovingly but kid bandit uh, we love kid bandit here at lgbt in the ring do not get me wrong but whenever you are putting kid bandit into the ring with Paro, and then you have effie come out in the middle of the match and say like what there's no fucking rules what the fuck yeah. are you talking about i think i yeah it's just complete chaos so starting off we have Kid Bandit with a great entrance and really great to see them getting to kind of go out with a crowd and feel the energy, gather the energy, because they're going to need it. A hundred percent. And and then Pero with the fucking chain harness looking fantastic. The face paint on point. Yeah, the 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 looks, the presence, it was all there. And then the realization, oh, Kid's got to fight that. <laughs> fuck <laughs> it's one of those things like as soon as i saw that match announced i was like oh kid's gonna die yeah like, it's like it's <laughs> it's very quickly yay no <laughs> <laughs> like i saw last daddy standing it's still there it lives exactly. in my brain like it's exactly. not going away and, <laughs> and anytime there's a table like structure outside of the ring and peril's got someone by the goozle i have last daddy standing like ptsd yeah. like, <laughs> flashbacks to the flaming glass <laughs> fortunately it didn't quite get that violent but boy did they come close in their own way yes no they used all the glass during art of war the night prior yeah um, it's so. it a glass shortage in chicago exactly weekend, i'm sure exactly <laughs> you know but yeah like this match was exactly what you expect from like if you if you saw Pero and jordan blade last year um you got a different flavor of that but but also it tastes very much like that as well yeah. with this you know weapons just being used over and over again Pero just straight murking kid bandit multiple times just for bandit to continue to kind of push forward very uh anime protagonists that they are um yeah and, just, and getting a lot of you know fighting back getting some big moments here and there but you know constantly contending with the power of Pero. and uh yeah it was bandit introduced a kendo stick and the ref seemed hesitant to allow it <laughs> which is when effie came out it was like did Pero tell the ref there were disqualifications? This is Effie's gay show. There's no fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> Which only delighted Pero more. <laughs> yes. It was one of those things that I think in the moment, you're like, okay, that'll help Bandit. No, maybe that was a bad idea. Yep. Yep. You don't ever want to give Pero the opportunity to, to use weapons. As we saw immediately when he just took the kendo stick and... Just let that handle finally die in peace. Whenever he just cracked it over Bandit's head, which never makes me feel good. I there's I yeah. just unprotected shots to the head still bother me. Um, but but yeah, like this devolved quickly into just a showcase for Paro's power and for Bandit's um like babyface spirit. You know, Bandit just keeps fighting back, even though he gets thrown um, like eight rows deep into the fucking crowd. Yeah, uh, they get into the rafters that aren't there. Yes, <laughs> they get power bombed onto four chairs, set spine to spine. This that was the most like oh. there, was, there were a lot of big moments in this match. And there were a lot of big oh my god, is Bandit dead? But that was the all right. No, no, really, is is Bandit dead? Did, yeah, did, it's 
four chairs and you know if if you haven't seen big gay brunch yet um go watch it but also if you are thinking chairs you're thinking like the seats right you you put them up seat to seat and then you fall into the platform no nope no back to back spikes that's what they had it's just a row of of chair spikes in the center <laughs> and para was like let me drop kid on it like lower back first oh god <laughs> it was nasty yeah nasty looking power bomb there um i sent that to a friend and and their response was oh he's in his vader era <laughs> <laughs> he's yo peril's been in the vader era oh yeah this is not a new thing <laughs> yeah. but this is i think this is the wake-up call for them <laughs> yes 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 a hundred percent of course we also get the choke slam through the door outside to the floor and then quickly followed up with the uh, the Fire Thunder driver and then a second Fire Thunder driver, almost a snap one. Like, Pero just, he hoists people up and snaps that off real quick. Yeah. In a way that just looks so awesome. Yeah, uh, and so, gets um, the, the one-foot pinfall. Yeah, unfortunately, Bandit, you know, did not get the win, but uh, somehow Bandit survived. Bandit always um, finds a way. And, uh, you know, kind of helped by the ref on the way out, but then managed to finish their exit of their own volition. You know, good effort, Pero. She lived. Yeah. And honestly, like, it feels very much like uh, Pero and Kid Bandit might cross paths again. Oh, yeah. I, I really hope that's the case. Um, yeah. Whether it's at Big Gay Brunch or somewhere else, I think this is, you know, as perfect a david and goliath cruiser versus giant match as there is right now um and we you know this is our first glimpse of it and hopefully not our last well let's talk about a little something different very different <laughs> a different kind of violence yes my god dark chic alley catch tie of valkyrie triple threat uh with a stapler the staple gun involved uh throughout the match yeah and lots of chairs um, a lot of chairs <laughs> so quick shout out to uh val capone who jumped to ring announcing for this match um or jumped to being the ring announcer as opposed to just commentary uh as i tweeted i want to shout out her dress was very cute agreed um, but yeah we get the introductions and you know dark chic is dark chic alley catch is alley catch and taya is here <laughs> at Big Gay Brunch. <laughs> no, I mean, it may, I I feel like Taya is, yes, Taya is not part of the community. But, no, but Taya, I don't think anyone's, you know, really unhappy to see Taya here. Oh, not at all. Not at and all. And it, it, great to see her there. But also, you know, very much, I think, a match Sheik and Ali Catch always hope to get in some way. And this is a great way to see it happen to get to see them both do it and as we'll get to lots of violence yes um, for sure but before the violence we had ali catch understandably smitten by ty of valkyrie i i love ali's like even more of a horny era yeah that she is in now the, or rather her simp era like which really yes. began at the first big gay brunch in a way she was very much simping for jamie senegal during that match back in indianapolis mm -hmm. and we're just seeing this evolution even more and more like every time she's in the ring with dark chic it feels like there's a moment where it's just like no i have to i have to kiss her 
I have to kiss this woman. <laughs> what, what other opportunity am I going to get? I can't just pass this up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we open with Allie kissing the hand of, of yes. Taya. And uh, Dark Sheik attempting to do the same and getting uh, snubbed. How dare. Yes. Um, but Dark Sheik got her revenge because as the chaos continued, Allie got her kiss. She kissed Taya and Dark Sheik drop kicked the shit out of them. Yes. God, yes, she did. <laughs> drop kicked them and then uh like like we alluded to before, I feel like any anytime you have Taya in a in any kind of like GCW or GCW adjacent environment, you're gonna have a staple gun involved. Or I mean, even though Allie introduced it, it feels like uh it's bound Art. to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, it's funny. So some may watch part of this and see that as they use the staple gun early, it wasn't quite maintaining contact. The photo didn't stick immediately and the, the paper bill, the dollar bill didn't stick immediately. Honestly, that was probably worse for them because they started being really particular about making sure things would stick, which means they probably stapled way deeper than they normally would. I mean, you saw Allie's face. Like, you, Allie That's, wrestled a good chunk of this match with the yeah, dollar bill stapled wrestled to her head. several minutes with a dollar bill dangling off her forehead. <laughs> and she was already bleeding. Obviously, she, she had yeah. bled the night before at Art of War, but then the staple, like, the first staple shot really was what just kind of reopened that again. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, I, yeah, they were they were being so meticulous that it that it probably like extended the damage that a staple could do and then like you said before chairs uh, got involved uh you know yeah. with taya using her like tr traditional groin attack with with the chair on dark chic and and chairs just getting yeah. used back and never, forth never a fun feeling to have no. the chair jammed between your legs no um never. and then we also got uh, a crate but you know great for mostly Taya ultimately moment of Taya curb stomping Dark Sheik's face into Allie's groin. <laughs> yes. Which is a sentence that is a true fact. Yes. And only followed up by Allie screaming, oh, Dark Sheik. Yeah. Um, it, it just fed more into the, the side of Allie that we're seeing more and more of. Yes. Yeah. simp side. So. Um. Yeah, it, it was great. We also had doors because what's a GCW show without doors? Exactly. Um, which I believe uh, Taya was the one who ended up going through. Yep, courtesy of, of Allie. <laughs> um, but yeah, a great match. And ultimately, as it boiled down, I think after she got sent through the door, Sheik managed to put down Allie Catch for the win. Yes, hit the, uh, the welcome to die. Uh, yes. Still one of my favorite finisher names of all time oh yeah will That's, always be top five uh, my my goat finisher name is still broke black mountain <laughs> god damn it i love wrestling i love wrestling so much oh god anyway oh yes but dark sheet comes out with the victory here looking stunning in in her emma frost gear as well yes um all around outstanding stuff here i really like the turn that it's not necessarily a turn because i feel like taya did this prior to or like some at some points during you know like her earlier 
say earlier, like, you know, that, that first run with Impact and that time in between before mm-hmm. she joined WWE. But since coming back to the independence, I feel like Taya has really embraced or really kind of delve more into the hardcore scene, you know, out here on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, we saw her at Prestige against Drexel, that first Prestige show back in February. Yeah, um, that was a great one. And then um, her and Athena um, was another really great, uh, match that led in that that lent into the hardcore mm-hmm. element with that chair pyramid that they threw each other through god yeah um find yeah, that so gif if you haven't plenty of violence um and yeah it's been great to see taya get to showcase that in a different way and you know show as if anybody needed a reminder um women can go hardcore as shit too Hell yeah, they can. I mean, fuck, we're talking about that. And the night before, Allie was in fucking like Art of War, like yeah, GCW in, War in, Games. In War Games, um, we can't. They can't legally call it War Games, but it's War Games. Yeah, but it's even more because like you have like light tube ropes and yeah, scaffolding, it's, it's, and it's Allie went worse, through a barbed wire <laughs> door. Like it's it's War Games, but they are nothing is off limits. They have no like. This is the line. No, there are no lines. We've crossed all the lines. Where's more glass? Yeah. God damn it. Yes, they did. But Allie, you know, still the only woman to compete in Art of War. Yeah. So yeah. and came through it and was able to have a great match, even if she didn't pick up the win. And then it was time for someone else who got through Art of War <laughs> and had a whole other different kind of beast to contend with. Oh my goodness. Effie, the namesake main, of the big gay brutch. Main event time. Yes, taking on the non-binary nightmare, Max the Impaler. Fresh off terrorizing TJPW. Yes, which, by the way, that run was so much fun. That Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it, I believe it was the match with Palm. There's uh, Palm Harikaju, I think. I may have gotten that name wrong, but I think that's correct. That Max had in TJPW. If you haven't seen it, um, go get a Wrestle Universe subscription for the month and check it out because... It's not super long. I think it was only like 10 minutes, but it was as perfect an encapsulation of the terrified baby face who has no idea what they've gotten themselves into. <laughs> like, I, I love that like no one in Japan knew what to do like right. when, when encountered and, with Max. But it, but it was so great because it was also, you know, before we get to this match, that was also great to see the fans fully embrace Max, you know, yes. custom painted crafted signs in the crowd for Max and all these things. And, you know, showing as Effie will highlight later in the show, um, just because you can't define it or you don't understand it doesn't mean the fans won't fucking love it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I can assure you that the fans in, in attendance in Hoffman Estates uh, loved this one as well. Um, yeah. just so, exactly what you expect whenever you hear Effie and Max going up against each other, like oh, yeah, just hard hitting, um, and, and starting, weapons filled. Starting with the great entrances, um, we yes. get you know, Max coming out as dominant looking as ever with Amy Rose, and then we get Effie with not just you know the yellow brick road, but also the jacket, but also the the I can't think of the term. The coat, the, the gown, the the fluff, the, yes. <laughs> um, just the gay, the gay, just dripping off of him. Yes. God, that that um, and, that then, gown and then carried the to the ring by oh. Big Vin, I think. Yes, it was uh, Big Vin. Yeah, just such 
Effie knows how to make an entrance. That's not a new thing, but this was another one for the list. Um, and yeah, great entrances. And then it was violence time. Yeah, I mean, literally the only bit that wasn't like straight up violence was like Effie popping that confetti and glitter popper at Max at the very beginning. And yeah, that was a little bit of glitter. On, on that the, was them. the you fucked up moment. Yeah. Because <laughs> was, then it was time for Max to be Max and Effie just got <laughs> yes my god spears power slams just back and forth all over the place at one point effie and alley catch bring a ladder into play only for effie to get choke slammed the fuck off of to yeah, a great just, just, j rose call uh, somebody <laughs> called 911 god damn it like if look j rose was great on ring announce and on commentary during this yeah. whole show, that was the moment for J Rose. That, that was, was the, the call moment. of the night. Oh my god, it was so fucking good. Oh, yeah, because um, because yeah, you know Effie who is still bandaged up and looks like he's already bleeding as this gets to the ring because he's gone through Art of War games and so all that, and now he's got Max throwing him off ladders. <laughs> god. Not to mention the remnants of doors getting getting yeah, in this as, as well. Uh, um, we're out of doors. We'll just you know hit each other with pieces of doors. Yes, to get all these broken halves. They'll put do. you through zero point five doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes, like it all kind of culminates in in uh, you know Max going for another spear in the corner, missing, hitting the shoulder on the ring post, and then Effie rolling max up getting the feet on the ropes uh and getting the pinfall and, and a little extra leverage but a little bit a little bit but you know yeah, it's i mean his, it's it's his, it's his show there are that. no fucking rules he exactly. can do whatever he wants but also it's max you're gonna need whatever you can get yes you have to take any advantage you can to be able to beat maxi and paler and we're talking about the person who literally beat Edith Surreal at the last big gay brunch by throwing her outside of the ring through a door and just letting the count out happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the fact that Effie survived is his win, but he also managed to sneak the real win out in the process. Exactly. Exactly. And then, of course, as is tradition with the big gay brunch, Effie closes us out on the microphone uh, with another one of his trademark. Uh, I, I hesitate to call it a promo, more of a speech. Honestly. Yeah, it, more of a speech than a promo, just kind of talking about the importance of this event, but also, you know, as he pointed out that, you know, he and I'm sure others, as much as we've tried to convince executives and people in power that this is something that the fans want and that the people want to see, some people just want to get left behind. And that's what's going to happen because you know, this stuff is going to continue to deliver and continue to make money. And if you don't wake up, then we're just going to leave you in the dust. True words. True words haven't been spoken, honestly. And I also like that Effie took the opportunity to, to put over Max in, in yeah. this as well. You know, very much the, so. the line of the night for me was like, you are a monster and I love you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's that Max is a fucking monster and I fucking love you. Yeah. Um, it's just great. Yeah, and and like you alluded to before with, with Effie's comments too, like talking about this, I hate this feeling that a lot of people have that you that you need to define something to be able to understand it or understand like, especially within like a, the pro wrestling world, 
um, understand why it works and why yeah. and why people want to see these kind of figures. And and you know, Max is someone that you know, I think Max is someone that definitely fits there. You know, when it comes to how wrestling has been structured and how wrestling is structured on the gender spectrum, yeah, of historically, you know. But at the same time, like Max is breaking barriers in that we talk about max in in tjpw but let's not mince worse that max also wrestled men in japan during that Mm -hmm. during that time over there so like max max is undefinable and that is one of their greatest strengths Mm -hmm. max is a monster and we fucking love them damn right we do damn right we do all right Final thoughts, big gay brunch, final takeaways, any anything else that, that really stood out to you from the night? It it's from the really, morning, rather. Yeah. Um it was a great show, but I think in some ways what is almost kind of the most powerful about this show is that, hey, it's another gay brunch. Like it feels normal. This is not, oh my God, it's the first gay brunch ever. We've never had a show with primarily or almost exclusively queer talent. What a crazy, no, it's just another gay brunch. It's fucking fantastic. Like they all are. Yeah. We're going to have another one later. Get out of the way. <laughs> Keep your eyes on LA. Yeah. This is the sixth one's matter coming. Of time. Yeah, exactly. I, I really, I like that. The, that we have that thought process now around this show, but I also like the fact that, you know, the big and this is not just a, a new thing with the, with the fifth edition here, but the Big Gay Brunch has become a ex, it has become one of the most anticipated events for these big GCW weekends. Yeah, you know, and that is amazing to see that it 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 reaches that level of anticipation as like a Joey Janela Spring Break. Yeah, or your GCW, like GCW, GCW, which is I think undeniably the number three promotion in the United States today, hmm. and one of their biggest events is Big Gay Brunch, hands yeah. down. Yeah, so much so that you, I, I will still go back to this moment of Brett Lauderdale in the ring at the uh, at the Hammerstein talking about how we're just gonna keep making wrestling more fucking gay. Yeah, which is still just a wild thing for me to hear Brett Lauderdale say. To hear Brett Lauderdale say in the Hammerstein ballroom. Yeah. What it's a just, planet. Yeah. What a timeline. What, <laughs> what's, what's going on here? <laughs> no more questions. Let's just keep on moving. If we ask questions, it might change. Exactly. We don't <laughs> want to. He said it. We're just going to. It's in the books. Don't need to. No more. Sorry. It's sorry there. No, no take backs. Just let it live. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but yes. The fifth big gay brunch is in the books. Expectedly, well, we I expect the sixth one to be announced once we get closer to WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, um, most likely. Collective weekend, um, which is going to be exciting because with it being in LA, even more West Coast talent, potentially more international talent. So, well, I don't know. This ball just keeps on rolling down the hill, and and I'm here for it every time that they want to hold one of these parties. For sure. Yeah. Well, Patches, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to come on and, and run through this show again with me yeah. here today. Thank you again. And, you know, yeah. like we, I think, talked about earlier, it's always great to have good, great wrestling to talk about. Um, you know, there's a lot of wrestling today, both in and out of the ring, that is not great and has to be dealt with and has to be talked about. But 
it's always very refreshing to get to have just um it's kind of like the advent the power of having a queer you know tv show that's not centered on trauma yes it's it's can we just be happy and gay i don't i don't really want to think about pain right now <laughs> i get to watch other people feel pain but that's okay I know <laughs> exactly <be> okay. <laughs> it's, it's consensual pain mostly consensual and physical pain yes <laughs> not, not emotional and deep-seated trauma or anything like that exactly exactly oh man well let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can uh, check out your work um at patches chance on twitter and uh check out let them wrestle.com or uh on twitter we're at let them wrestle as we continue to kind of highlight things in our own way um also check out my podcast uh world championship rewind um if you want to listen to two non-binary people talk about wcw from 1996 that's where we're at currently um on twitter at wc rewind and should be on pretty much everywhere podcast wise dope i'm always here for non-binary people talking about wrestling always great always thanks patches thank you well, thanks once again to patches for taking the time to come by and, and help chat about uh the big gay brunch number five here on the show today um definitely one to check out definitely still after the completion of the weekend because we recorded that in between um the end of big gay brunch and uh the rest of you know when rules collide and uh all out and everything like that definitely still holds up as the most fun show of the weekend um <laughs> that claim continues to to ring true um yeah but that's gonna do it for us this week we are only a few days away from cascadia i am so excited um it is like bubbling underneath the surface of of my essence um at how um much i'm looking forward to being up in everett on sunday september 11th for that show um Seats are sold out. Standing room tickets are still available. BrainBusterTix.com slash Cascadia. Of course, you know about Ashton Star and Keita for the WAC title. You know about Maxine Paler versus Sandra Moon for the Pride Style title. But we've also announced a few more matches out there. Dark Sheik versus Sonico. It's going to go off. Anton Voorhees and Parm Singh Man. <sighs> That that's going to be an athletic contest to say the least, um, <laughs> and we have uh, triple tables. We have uh, Miss Poyle Del Mar. We have um, we have a spotlight scramble, so to speak, in in the in the uh, the normal parlance of Pride Style with Abigail Warren, the Fallen Flower, Kikio, Zeb Saint One, and Chris Brady, uh, and we still have a couple of other things up our sleeve here uh that we haven't announced yet but uh, we're still a couple of days only a few days away but if you want to be part of this and help us raise money for the trevor project remember all profits from the show go to the trevor project sponsorships are still available um we still have standing room tickets available we want to have as many people packed into this wonderful pro wrestling party that we are having in everett on sunday so definitely check it out Get tickets at brainbustertix.com slash Cascadia and join us. Join myself, join Without a Cause, and join Pride Style and celebrating the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I don't want to get too far ahead, but 
keep your eyes peeled. This might not be the only Cascadia show. <laughs> but until next week, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. The same goes for monkeypox. Um, and I'll see y'all at Cascadia. Bye! She made a deal with the demon so her lover could live. With the moon inside.